Well, I'm going to give this another try. I recorded it's really quiet, so I really think this is incredibly important, so I'm going to re-record it. So what it was is I was actually watching um, uh, a channel about Hinduism, and uh, it's from India, and they had some scholars on discussing karma yoga um, and practices uh, from the Gita, from the Bhagavad Gita. Excellent, highly recommend it. It was on YouTube. Uh, I should believe it is called The Hindu Channel. Um, and what I thought was really interesting is how it uh, kind of bookends all of the work I'm working on right now. Um, in fact, it even connects to all the books. Uh, I'm currently reading Stolen Focus by Johan Hari, I think it is, uh, and uh, as well with him, right? This idea of stolen focus has to do with concentration and focus, uh, and it's also the solution to, right, the same thing, the problems, solution to the problems. But what I really enjoyed was the quote from Swami Vivekananda, and then you will see the synergy in everything that I've been working on. Again, as I said, seems odd, some of the quotes, like, for example, I just finished reading through um, Go Set a Watchman by Harper Lee, uh, the follow-up to uh, To Kill a, a Mockingbird. Um, and I do believe the main reason why uh, most people ain't talking about it, it's one of these banned books. And I don't think it's because it has the N-word in it three times, you know. I think it's the subject matter because it literally is the today that we're living through. Um, everything that is mentioned in the book. Um, too long didn't read, read the book. Uh, Atticus is not a racist. He's a pragmatist. Uh, and he, he's, uh, he believes in the constitution. He doesn't believe in trampling on the constitution. So we'll leave it at that. Read the book. You'll love it. Chapter 17, at least you'll get what I'm getting at. Right. The rights of man, uh, you know, W.B. Du Bois, it goes all the way back. But today I was watching a Hindu channel and they were talking about karma yoga. The reason why I mention this is I've said for years that karma yoga is the heart of this practice, this understanding, this teachings, not just of yoga, but of all of the teachings, even in Buddhism, right? It's karma yoga. Get out there and do it, right? You got to put it into practice. In Buddhism, uh, from Sanskrit, I guess we call it sati sampajanya. Uh, which actually means uh, to remember to which is um, the three noble truths. Uh, this four noble truths. Well, my brain is off today. My apologies, right? You got your four noble truths and you got your three. Um, uh, wow, I've just gone blank. Um, but the idea that, uh, you know, um, life is caused by this selfishness, this self-serving uh, ego driven suffering really is the essential of it and i like how swami vivekananda he wasn't talking about suffering directly but arguably as a pass path through suffering um to get out of suffering is a path through so this is what he said swami vivekananda Take up one idea, make that one idea your life. Dream of it, think of it, live on that idea. Let the brain, the body, muscles, nerves, every part of your body be full of that idea and just leave every other idea alone. This is the way to success and this is the way great spiritual giants are produced. 
And I don't think it means what we might think. I think it's very similar to Nietzsche when he said, if we had nothing but specialists, then we'd have giant ears to hear, but no eyes to see or mouths to speak. I've talked about this. When I'm able to connect uh, Greek, uh, Bible, philosophy, uh, Nietzsche, Jung, uh, Hannah Arendt, um, the Bhagavad Gita, the Chinese Book of Change, uh, even uh, traditional native uh, um beliefs. I've talked about this before. That you can connect them all together. And I can even connect some iconography from northern China, some of our oldest archaeological digs, uh, Sang Shring Dui, can be shown to connect directly to not just iconography, but even the philosophy of Native North Americans. It's the idea of a tree of life, if you want to pull on those strings. But I went so far as to, uh, oh, sorry, that quote was from Swami Vivekananda, uh, it was from Lectures on Raja Yoga. So the reason why I'm mentioning this is you got to remember that yoga or yog is this idea of reconnecting. Uh, yog, yoga is yoke, right? And the idea is we need to reconnect with the divine because we have lost that connection, right? But what's interesting is it's reconnecting. We, we aren't actually disconnected. It's the 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 blindness or the lack of understanding. Uh, in Sanskrit, we'd call it anumana, uh, coming to an understanding uh, of something that you already did kind of understand. Uh, the example I might give is, uh, you know, learning to ride a bike, you forgot how, or moving into a house that already has a telephone service. Uh, so the lines are already run and ready for you to just plug into them. You don't have to have the telephone company come out and charge them or what have you. You just have to reconnect, as it were, right? That's karma yoga, right? Get out there and reconnect with the universe, with the divine. I mean, that is the first um, uh, first uh, commandment uh, in uh, the Bible, both uh, new and old, uh, the idea that to love God and all of creation. Right. Karma Yoga is this path that we follow actively to Hannah Arendt, heavily influenced by Nietzsche. In fact, I go so far as to call this the Shatsen practice, right? So not just practice coming out of Hinduism. I have figured out that there is a practice that we can bring right out of the philosophy of Nietzsche, right? Arendt explained this. She called it the Via Activa, right? This idea that the way out is through and a big part of that. And she explains how um, action is a mixture of different acts. She says labor is uh, what we do to live, right? Allows us to live, our clothing, our food. Work is what we build and create. That's where you get into Schatzen from Nietzsche. A uh, German word that means treasure, but he meant it. What we create, what we value, uh, what is our meaning tends to be uh, something that we decide for ourselves. And that's what Hannah is saying. When you look at your labor, your work, your creation, your, uh, uh, your life becomes this environment created by the action. Uh, in the Kyoto School of Philosophy, that would be basho. Basho being a Japanese word for uh, the place of action, right? Uh, the warrior is there, present, ready for action. And uh, uh, the other character of the Japanese Basho, that's uh, two characters combined. The other character is the place of action where, where the action takes place, right? Uh, and place, place itself is very uh, prominent in Jung's philosophy. 
Now, the idea of the via activa comes from Hannah Arendt's The Human Condition, heavily influenced uh, by uh, by Nietzsche and and the, the horrible nightmares that he saw. She saw um, right the the Nazis, the Yahtzees, and uh, all the terrible things they did. Plus. Uh, she was looking at the nature of evil, and she's the one that came up with this idea of the banality of evil, which in no small part uh, could have, you know, I guess kind of be influenced by Nietzsche, because I'm sure Jung and his idea of the shadow was inspired by Nietzsche, this idea that we have within us, uh, this light and this dark, or as Nietzsche said, uh, all great things must have its roots in great suffering. So we have the light and the dark. And the reason why I mention this is, as Swami Vivekananda says, this is how these great spiritual giants are produced. But I argue it's through this trauma, through this struggle. right? And I say my path is to discover and solve this problem of the tragedy of trauma right? from uh, the German Traum, meaning dream, so a disturbing dream, it makes perfect sense because trauma is simply an experience uh, from the past that we're experiencing in the present as if it were happening now. Right? As uh, uh, Atticus says to Jean Louise in uh, Ghost at a Watchman, she, she, she reminds him that you need to leave things in the past, right? Bury your dead. Right? You can't continue to carry them with you. Right? But this reconnect, Right, reconnect with yourself, reconnect with your source, right? Uh, meaning, purpose. I think this connects back to the Greek word of passion, passio. And what's beautiful is it actually means passio in Greek is our passion, but it's the suffering and enduring both, right? So it's carrying your cross, that's your burden, not just to play the victim but to carry that, that suffering, right? That's honestly even the greatest success stories. It aren't people who have suffered a great deal and survive. It's, it's people who suffer a great deal and thrive, right? Passio, suffering and enduring. To the Christians, it's the passion of the Christ. But again, carrying the cross, burden, suffering. It's also the idea of an event, an occurrence, a phenomenon, going back to Nietzsche, right? It's all we divine value. Passion is what we love. Passion, affection, strong feeling. That's what passion means, passio. But it can be our path. It can be our meaning. Right? As I said, works or in the Bible, works in the Bible. If you look at Galatians 2.16 and 5.19, you'll see that it's really saying that works of the world will not get you to a state of grace or completeness. It's truly only faith in the good, truly following the path of good, right? Celebrating the, the benefit and, and, and the, the providence as well as the potential that we are, right? This meta being, right? Schatzen to, uh, to Germans is simply treasure, but to Nietzsche, it's treasure, it's what we value, and in that, it's our meaning. It's what we create is our value, our meaning, our treasure. It's who we are, right? So truly, it's in 
that idea that you take up as your mantra, as your, your logos, that you truly see that it is in your actions, in your works, in your karma, that you show your faith. As Camus said, if the world is absurd, well, then living becomes almost a revolution. But for me, it becomes your purpose, your meaning, your value, simply creating the life instead of giving in, right? Further to the works in the Bible, I apologize. I mentioned Galatians 2.16 and 5.19, Ephesians 2.9, 1 Timothy 6.18, and then, of course, James 2.17, which talks about not by faith alone are we saved. Um, And for me, that's exactly what I wanted to share because in no small part, this is what Swami Vivekananda was teaching. They mentioned him in this video more than once. And one of the most famous things that Swami Vivekananda said is there are many uh, paths that lead to this area. In fact, the Vedantin explained is imagine a bunch of blind men who come upon an elephant, right? One touching its tail, another touching a foot, another touching an ear, and another touching its trunk. They're all developing an understanding and a relationship with the elephant, but they have different paths and different understandings and different perspectives and understandings. And and if they were to each try to explain what they found to the other, it would seem, as I've actually said, if you look at chapter three, and this is what's awesome, chapter three as a final, chapter three of the Bhagavad Gita is about this path of action or karma yoga. If you look at the second line, probably should read the first and second line. It's actually speaking to this idea, this idea that, uh, oh, hold on, and I'll get it. One second. All right, here we are. So, yes, um, chapter three, Karma Yoga, the path of spiritual action. This is actually reading from the two-volume set, God Talks with Arjuna, the Bhagavad Gita, Royal Science of God Realization by Pra, uh, sorry, Pra. Paramahansa Yogananda. I apologize, not Vivekananda, but Yogananda. Um, so uh, chapter 3, verse 1 is uh, Krishna. If thou dost consider understanding to be superior to your action, then why then dost thou enjoin on me this awful activity? And he was just saying to fight a war. And it was uh, just in a, uh, the beginnings of explaining um, that the, uh, the self... Uh, the ego, right? But we won't go into this. This is what I wanted to mention. With these apparently conflicting speeches, thou art, as it were, confusing my intelligence. Please let me know for certain that one thing by which I will achieve the highest good. So what's interesting is, if you look at the five different translations that I have, uh, some of them imply that, uh, and it's just a mistake of the translation, some of them imply that Krishna uh, a god, when speaking to Arjuna, a, a, a person, a human, um, is is un is uh, is not clear in his instructions, as opposed to um, the clarity or lack thereof is on our end, right? Right. So this is why I've mentioned before about journey being circular. You come back around and you understand some of these ideas. But in this case, I think it is simply 
as I said, a combination of uh, reaching a certain level when you're no longer searching for answers. You no longer need those answers anymore. It's as St. John said, there comes a time when you, you begin to understand that these dark nights of the soul, these obscure moments when you feel most disconnected from sources, when you're closest to, I talked about this, how you're never going to be sitting face to face with the source and understanding. You can only almost vicariously get the feeling or understanding of where we're supposed to be. But on that, um, I thought I would just share that, uh, that insight that, uh, Really, uh, sometimes it, it does take uh, it does take a village, and I wonder if if that's what we're 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 missing here, right? As I said, plenty of people learning Advaita or the Gita or the Chinese Book of Change or psychology or philosophy or mathematics, but. Are there people that are looking to see beyond these labels? But I don't know. I'm digressing. I just wanted to share, uh, share that. As I said, um, my first uh, shot at it, the audio is really terrible. So I thought I'd give it another go. Thank you for your patience.